Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Eddie Lenehan here for another podcast, this time for Christmas 2020, who would have thought it. And I want to thank sincerely again those people who have contributed in any way, sponsored in any way, this podcast and other podcasts without them. Things might have been different and maybe more difficult. Uh, thank you all, most sincerely. Now this time we'll speak about Christmas, the most Christian festival of all the festivals of the year and the most important. Uh, It has changed hugely down the years, become naturally enough more commercialised. You look at the advertisements on the television nowadays and it's money, 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 money. If you don't have money nowadays, I often wonder, what can Christmas mean? I get begging letters constantly through the post <laughs> telling me what my contributions will mean to such and such a poor person if only I give them. And I do as much as I can. Uh, you may have seen a few nights ago the Late Late Show and the amount of money they raised for such and such 
five or six million euro. People are still tremendously giving in Ireland. Uh, now, on the other hand, people spending vast amounts of money on things, perhaps, that may not keep children happy at all. Because children, it's maybe a little bit of comfort at Christmas that will keep them really happy. Uh, and that hasn't changed down the years. I had recently, uh, on very, very good authority, from one of my own family who works, of a child getting, a child of nine getting, would you believe it, a 900 euro phone. A 900 euro phone. Well, I suppose. Well, <laughs> what can I say? Want a phone like that keep a child happy for how long? Until it's stolen. <laughs> Until it's stolen, I would say. Now, Christmas has changed, as I said. It used to be simple. Um, but there are things that have remained the same. People tidy up their houses for Christmas. They do. But this, this year it won't be the same because we won't be having too many visitors. <laughs> We're being told not to have them in. And yet, we'll be doing... We'll be doing it for ourselves. It used to always be that people people tidied their house because they expected visitors. They whitewashed their houses in the country. Uh, I suppose they didn't whitewash their houses too much in towns. But remember, towns had their their parts of the parts of the towns well thatched in Ennis in every town. There were thatched houses too. There were thatched houses in every part of every town. And you whitewashed your walls. Uh, there weren't paints. weren't so uh, floor shook, as we'll say. So houses had to be whitewashed. Whitewash was great stuff for sanitation because it killed all kinds of bugs because whitewash meant lime wash. And lime is great to kill bugs. So... Uh, all this stuff was done outside while the women were busy inside. God, if you said that today, you'd nearly be shut down. <laughs> women busy inside. Well, it was true. That was the way things were. And that's the way things were done. And by the Lord, I tell you, women worked hard that time and men worked hard. And, uh, and of course, there was... Things had to be got in for Christmas, as they do today. Farming people had to go to town with their produce, and there was a Morga Moor, as they called it, the big market. And uh, at the Morga Moor, the farmers took the, what they produced, like the, the geese and turkeys and the produce of the land. They took them into town and they sold them, and they brought back things that were the fancy goods from the shops. Now, of course, there was the fun, because if you were a good customer in a shop, well, you got the little bit extra. And shopkeepers were very nice in their measuring out what you got extra. If you were a good customer, you got... They measured things out nicely, uh, according to your custom. But at the market itself, well, 
but it was mainly geese at that time, uh, long ago. And geese were, well, I'll get to that in a minute for the Christmas dinner and all that. Uh, you kept three geese for yourself. Whatever geese you had, a flock of geese, uh, you, you sold at the market, but you kept three geese for yourself. One for Christmas Eve, one for Christmas Day, and one for Nalagnaman on the 6th of January. And uh, Christmas Eve was the time when an awful lot happened. <laughs> and there were some lovely customs associated with Christmas Eve. Now, when I say a lot happened, especially the women were kept busy because so much preparation had to be done for Christmas Day and the Christmas dinner. And that hasn't changed. Women are so busy today. Uh, and it's all very fine to say that you can buy practically anything you want in a shop today. An awful lot of women would prefer today to do what they do. Get natural food, we'll say. Now, you can buy things prepared, but a lot of families prepare real food, natural food, rather than the prepared stuff. And you can get anything prepared, as I say, but uh, real uh, turkey, for example, with real stuffing, and to prepare it yourself, it's much, much better stuff. And Christmas Eve, all that was prepared. Now, <laughs> lovely customs, as I said, and... On Christmas Eve night, uh, they always said that heaven was open to all on Christmas Eve night. Anyone who died on Christmas Eve, heaven was open to them on that night. And that was a nice custom, I thought, always. Heaven was open to everybody who died on Christmas Eve. That was... And also the animals. There was something special about animals Christmas Eve. At midnight on this night, cows and donkeys, it was said, they kneel in adoration of the baby Jesus on this moment of midnight on Christmas Eve. And at that moment, they have the gift of speech. But... You should never spy on them when they are talking. And if you do, if you do, there are consequences. Now, there aren't many stories about Christmas as a whole, but there is a story about that. I heard a story once about a man who, he had often heard this, this story about the animals speaking on the point of midnight on Christmas Eve. And of course he didn't believe that at all. Old nonsense, you know, you'll always get fellas. Oh, they, they wouldn't believe in the fairies. They wouldn't believe in that kind of stuff for the animals talking on Christmas Eve. Bull, bull, that old Who'd believe in animals talking? Of course, his friends in the pub, they were of the same mind. And of course, fellas, at a bar, they'll always be oh, encouraging each other. Hey, why don't you listen to them? Why, why don't you try it out for yourself? And one fool trying to encourage another fool. Well, hey, they did. And on that night, on his way home, he listened in. He listened into the stable. And sure enough, there were 
Ah, the donkeys and the cow. And they started talking, praising Mary and Jesus, the little baby Jesus. Ah, and your man was dumbfounded. He, he staggered in home to tell the people inside what he had heard. And if he did, and of course the people inside thought he was drunk. And it shouldn't be the first time he was drunk, of course. Oh, what's wrong with you? I've got a bed in the name of you got a bed, you bummer down. Got to bed. And they can't make it. Anyway, they forced him to go to bed, throw him into the bed in the name of God Almighty. Against his will. Anyway, he protest all the way. But he got up in the morning and still protest. What's wrong with you? Huh? He wrote down, he wrote down at last what happened, that he was out there the night before and that he... And there was silence. You what? You what? Huh? Huh? They dragged him to the priest. And I guarantee you now, the priest had other things to be doing on Christmas morning, mass to be said. Huh? But, get down on your knees. Down on your knees, you dirty idiot, said the priest, and he blessed him. Blessed him. Huh? Oh, better thing not to be doing, he says. Give up the porter, give up the beer, for he blessed him. He brought him back. He brought him back, mostly. But after that, he always had a kind of a... He always had a kind of a stutter. He never brought it back fully. He always had a kind of a... He never fully brought it back. I tell you, that man, or any of the rest of them, they never interfered on Christmas Eve at midnight or listened to the... It went around, it went around the news. More sensible people had believed it before, but there was the there was the proof that the old beliefs weren't such stupid beliefs as... as mm. Anyway, anyway, the animals themselves, they were always treated kindly. Always treated kindly in that night. The cows used to be given a bit of extra hay and the donkeys or whatever. Were. And some people, I heard that from an old woman, some people, a little ribbon used to be tied on the cow's horns on that night. And that used to provide any extra any extra kindness for them. But, you know, it was just a little... The children used to tie the little ribbons of the cow's horns. Now, another thing was, and maybe... Children mightn't like to hear this. Santi, Santa Claus. Santi, we used to call him Santa, as it's known nowadays. Only came in in Victorian times. And I knew a woman in this very parish. She never heard of Santi here. What they used to get for Christmas. Oh, they used to get presents, all right, and they'd hang up their Christmas stockings. And the boys would get on Christmas morning, she had it, that they'd get, they'd get a half-time Jimmy, she used to call it. It was a little chocolate man. And it would cost sixpence. That was a lot of money in her young days. And they'd get an orange, which was unheard of. An orange was a, a, a fruit that wouldn't be there at all that time. And a banana... She never saw a banana, she said, until she was ten years of age. 
because bananas only started coming in after the war. And the girls, all right, would get a doll and the boys would get a spinning top. But other than that, see, times were poor. Uh, and that was it. And I recall that people like that, you know, there was that was the Christmas for them. Now, when you look today at the kind of stuff that's available to children, the electronic toys and all the rest of it, we live in a different age. So, I mean, there's no point in, in comparing. Uh, you live in what you have. But it's nice to remember back in the minds of old people that it's still within the memory of the oldest of the old, what they remember and uh, what they used to do when they'd be coming to home from early mass on Christmas morning. They used to bring a straw from the crib for good luck on Christmas morning. Uh, that was to bring luck for the coming year. And she told me that... that uh, well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, that on Christmas Eve they'd light three candles in order in honour of the Holy Family. Now, the youngest child, or a child called Mary, if there was a child called Mary in the house, would light the main candle. And the main candle would be a red candle, which would have been bought in the, in the Moragamur in town. And there'd be two white candles beside the main candle. Now, those candles would be in a half a turnip each. And they'd be surrounded by sand. And they'd be surround, you know, stuck in sand in the half turnip. And they'd be surrounded then by holly and ivy. Everything was made by themselves, you see. Except for the few things that have bought in town. And the children would be the ones who would be sent out looking for the ivy. Now, of course, there'd be plenty ivy because it was on every bloody tree. It's a pest, uh, as we see all over the country now, on every tree. Now, the candles were lit to welcome Mary and Joseph. And the reason, of course, is they found no welcome at the inn in Bethlehem. And the door would be left open too. And we'd say, what? But doors were left open that time. And the reason, of course, is that, well, people were more honest, by and large. And the other reason is people had nothing much to steal anyway. <laughs> and the door was open in case the, the Mary and Joseph might need shelter on their passing through. And people, some very religious people, or people who had respect for old tradition, used to set three plates on the table, again, for the... Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus when they were passing. And the other thing is, water used to be left on the windowsill. Why? So that they'd bless it when they'd be passing. And that water was left was was left then maybe on the dresser in a little bottle to be kept for the year for cures. And I, I, I heard from an old person in West Clare, another custom was, nice custom too, that they'd cut green rushes and leave them on the doorstep so that Mary and Joseph might might uh, walk on them on their way into the house and those rushes would be kept also as a cure for the year. So there was lots of small little religious significant cures and little blessings like that which shows you that 
there was an awful lot more religious significance to Christmas that time than there is now. Nowadays, people tend to just go to Mass and that was it. And the old woman said that a lovely thing that time was to see uh, for 8 o'clock Mass in the morning all the little lamps, uh, there'd be lanterns with a candle in them that time, coming down across the hill to 8 o'clock Mass in the morning because there was no torches. You know, she remembered all of that when she was a, an old woman talking to me. Uh, I suppose those are the kind of memories that stay with you all your life. Remember, there'd be no electricity at that time. So nowadays, you see, we're, we're, we're surrounded by electricity. So in a sense, you see nothing of that kind when you're surrounded by light all the time. Darkness means nothing to you. But uh, Christmas Day then... It's uh, Christmas Day is the day, I suppose, of the biggest feasting of the year. You had the goose. And what they used to do with the goose was boil it, not roast it. And the reason why was a very practical one. Because there's very little meat in a goose by comparison with a turkey. And families were bigger that time by and large. And by boiling a goose, you got much, much more value out of it. By roasting a turkey, you see, you have to stuff it, for first of all, in order to get uh, full value out of a turkey, you stuff it. Boiling a goose, you got better value. You had the soup, and you had the giblets, you had the neck, you had the all that. Uh, you had a couple of days' value out of it. And believe it or not, they used to use the blood and make pudding out of the blood as well. So they really had uh, uh, value, especially, as I say, for a big family. Now, it was the biggest uh, feed of the year, and parsnips was what they used with the turkey. Parsnip only, only. And uh, jelly and blancmange, that's what went with goose always. So... That's, and then on Christmas night, uh, nobody went anywhere. There was no going out on Christmas night. And, you see, for many people in the old days, there was no running water in the house, you know. The well was near the house. And on that night, all dirty water that had accumulated during the day for all the, the that housework of the washing and the cleaning and all the rest of it should be thrown out because the belief was that clean water another one of those religious beliefs clean water changed into wine three times on that night <laughs> you know the water turning into wine uh, like Cana in Galilee you know one strange one of those strange beliefs um how or where they found it, who knows? But I suppose it was a way of not allowing dirty water to accumulate, uh, to accumulate in the house. A religious belief to remind people to get rid of water. Now in West Clare, I found another variation of that in a place called Myasta. You know where the West Clare Railway Junction was. I found that if you were throwing out the dirty water, always throw it out sideways. Sideways. Uh, 
because if there was anybody out on that night, if you threw it out directly, you might throw it on them and put them astray. And they'd be wandering, wandering until morning. So I'd throw it out sideways. And that's very, very similar to the belief of when you throw out water at night, normally, not anything to do with Christmas, you always cried, mind the water, in case you throw it on the fairies. And if you threw it on the fairies, there was a price to pay. You were going to pay a price because the fairies would take their revenge on you. But this was different. But obviously the two beliefs were related. So uh, you were to be you were to to throw out the water on Christmas night. Uh, cleanliness, obviously, you know, but all that has gone. Considering now that, uh, like so many of these old beliefs, because things have changed, and things have changed, and uh, for example, also simple things like uh, stoking the fire, turf, and all the rest. Now that oil firing has come in, simple things like that have changed so many beliefs. But uh, if you examine them, so many of them have, uh, have remained. Because people are people. People need to keep their houses clean. People need to keep their houses warm. People like to company. People like a nice warm dinner. People like... Uh, uh, what would I say? A... Uh, a little bit of, a little bit of people coming home from abroad. And in the old days, we'll say labouring boys and girls when they used to go out uh, working for farmers uh, as spilt beans and the rest of it, they were expected to come home for Christmas and contribute a bit to the, the festivities. Nowadays, into the very same. Look at the crowds that would be coming home through the various airports, except for this bloody COVID thing. Now there's nobody, but that's only an aberration. Uh, normally there'd be hundreds of thousands of people coming home through the airports, as there were in the old days. Certain things haven't changed at all. People are people. And uh, likewise with religious celebrations. Uh, there's nothing as nice as uh, churches filled in Christmas time, no matter what religion it is. And it's a lovely thing to hear hymns being sung at Christmas. It's, it gives a feeling of togetherness. Togetherness. And pubs at Christmas. Uh, it's, it's, again, there's always something extra. It's a sense of congratulation. A sense of people, people, friendliness friendliness and this year the fact that we don't have that it makes people that little bit depressed and getting on to the the pubs drink at Christmas in the old days there was you'd always expect visitors in around the Christmas time and people used to bring out from the uh, town when they take in their own produce they'd always bring from town they'd bring bottles of stout they'd bring a bottle of whiskey they'd bring port or sherry you know women would drink different drinks men would drink the whiskey men uh, the women would have their own uh, port and uh, in the days when you know the cork corks were on the the porter uh, 
they'd put them by the fire to heat them up. Now, I hated the old bottles of Guinness, but they'd put them to warm them up and pop them, pop them. <laughs> Horrible stuff. But they would, they would, and uh, people appreciated that. Some of the older generation loved that stuff and wouldn't think it was proper Guinness unless it was heated. Anyway, that's... Now, Pochin was also got in for the Christmas and they knew where to go for it too, and they knew what the good stuff was. And, well, uh, so some things haven't changed in that way. Look at all the drinks that'll be got for this Christmas, you know, your vodka, your Guinness. Uh, it'll have to be, uh, it'll have to be slabs of Guinness and uh, all the other various beers. But there'll be a huge amount of it bought, as there used to be in the old days. So... Things change and things don't change. Now, uh, on Stephen's day, uh, Landrolin, uh, the Ren, the Ren, he was caught on Christmas Day, because remember when all the houses were thatched, there was plenty of Rens, Rans as they were called, uh, nesting in the thatch, and he was killed. He was killed, so he was carried around in a bush. St. Stephen's Day was caught in a, in a bush, but he wasn't. He was caught in, in, on Christmas Day and carried around on Stephen's Day. And uh, then they'd have a run party. But the only place nowadays where you have the real run is around Dingle, where you have the, the Lord Bowen and all. That's the main one. Uh, it, it's di- it has died out in most places. You get children begging now, but you used to get real big run run boys uh, groups going around. Adults now, adults, and then they'd have a big run party. But the clergy, and not just the clergy, but others as well, began to uh, disapprove of it because villagers get stoicious drunk at it because it was all wind and drink. And they just collect a pile of money. And then somebody would donate a house, an empty house mainly, and they'd take over the house and buy in a, a half-tier supporter or a couple of half-tiers, 16 gallons of porter, and then they'd, they'd, I tell you, they'd have a whole night. But mainly, you see, mainly, uh, if it was well supervised, it was a great night. And they'd have uh, musicians in and they'd have a, a good dance, but very often it got rowdy. And uh, then, <clears throat> but that was Stephen's day. And then uh, La Quilla, uh was the night before New Year. Some places a woman wouldn't be allowed to come in the door on that day. Or a girl. Because it was regarded as bad luck. In other places you had... Uh, no work would be well. That was more New Year's Day. No work w- well would be done on New Year's Day, because it was regarded as uh, whatever you were doing on New Year's Day, you'd be doing for the rest of the year. And then on New Year, Lochilia, a hard cake without any soda would be made, and thrown against a door facing north, and with the words, "For Grim and Gotha, Gudiandorakht." Goblin Onocht Augusanocht Fein Gofirina. That'd be said. 
I'm sure you know what that means. It should be more or less a kind of a, we won't call it a spell, but but a wish that famine keep away from us for another year. And, more, you know, throwing the, the bread at it. Say, here's bread for you, but stay away from us, famine, and hunger for another year. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.